0: Okay, we're live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I have a very special guest. His name is Randall Horton, and he published a book of poems back in September 2020. The title is the number, uh, a number, number 289-128. And Randall Horton is the recipient of the Gwendolyn Brooks Poetry Award, the Bay Gonzalez Poetry Award, and the National Endowment of the Arts Fellowship in Literature. Horchen serves on the Board of Directors for PEN America's PEN Prison Writing Program and is an Associate Professor of English at the University of New Haven. He is a Cave Canem Fellow and a member of both the Afrolachian Poets and the Experimental Performance Group Heroes Are Gang Leaders. He is also the Senior Editor at Willow Books An independent literary press he helped found in 2006. He's originally from Birmingham, Alabama, but he now is in New York City. And some of his other titles are Hook, A Memoir, Pitch Dark Anarchy Poems, and Dead Weight. So, Randall Horton, are you there?
1: Okay. And thank you, William, um, for having me on the show. Um, uh, And thank you for that, you know, introduction as well. Um, So, I guess I'm wondering if I start back a little bit. I think I kind of, you know, obviously the book is two eight nine one two eight, and it's um, that was my um, Department of Corrections number in uh, the state of Maryland. Uh, but but how I got there is a sort of obviously within within itself. Uh, I grew up in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, it's part of that first wave of uh integration in uh in birmingham i mean alabama excuse me in 1972 going to three um and so that i think that had a little bit to do with sort of the way i looked at um not only the world but what i was going to be doing and you know how was you know why was the world the way it was in terms of you know black and white and sort of racial divide I think that probably gave me this sort of skewed way of looking at the world but anyway when I went to how I went to Howard University and um made a series of bad decisions which led me down this 20 year path of um living another kind of life in their drug culture right um and I went through a lot of stuff and eventually in it it, it um it it ended in incarceration uh, in the state of Maryland. Uh, although I had been incarcerated a few times before uh, in the um, state of Virginia um, and Washington D.C., I'd done some time, and um, and so in the state of Maryland, I actually went to the um, the, pro- the problem through the Department of Corrections into state prison uh, in Hagerstown. And so it, it, it was at that point I decided. Uh, that I needed to do something you know positive with my life. I needed to make a change, right? Um, and before I got there, I, I I was in this program in um in, in, in county in county jail uh called jail addiction services. But the the component of the programs was writing um to write about your story, yourself, your story, uh why you did what you did. Uh that kind of sort of gave me a spark. Uh, because I, I, I noticed when I began to write things down, I began to really understand what it was uh, that made me do the things that I was doing um, or the choices that I was making, you know, and so uh, I was able to sort of talk to myself, but also it became a way that I was able to express myself more verbally and sort of communicate that that kind of frustration. And so, you, Just to, sorry to interrupt, but
0: do, do you feel like that time in incarceration gave you a opportunity to express yourself in a literary fashion because was was that extant an extant part of your personality prior to incarceration
1: no it was not no it was not i think that I thing that that definitely you know it, it that opened me opened me up to a whole new way of looking at things the world and you know people i would eventually associate with um and so um through a series of uh, of events i had my sentence commuted. Um uh, and I was sent to a program in North Carolina for two years. And I began to con- you know contact writers and poets. And I was, you know, right, you know, through letter writing um starting when I was in prison. Uh, and so when I got out um and began to um back back in Washington, DC, all this happened in the, the the DMV area, the Washington DMV area in, um, Virginia, DC and Maryland. And so I began to try to you know piece back my life i went back to school uh got a ba in english uh found a poetry community that um was taking writing poetry seriously and critiquing and workshopping and doing stuff in the community Uh, and you know through those you know experiences i became aware that that one could actually get an mfa in creative writing and so that sent me to chicago uh chicago state university uh and, and was there um you know when i would work on my first collection of poems it was my thesis definition of place and how long were you incarcerated for i was incarcerated for a total of three and a half or almost four years um i was caught like i said i was so i spent eight i was incarcerated in in, in virginia um i did 18 months there um and then I went to Maryland and um, I was, I got on bond and so I was out for a minute Uh, and then I created new charges on the charges that I already had faced. Um, So I went back, I ended up um, getting more time. And so I spent 24 months in the state of Maryland. So um, and those, so when I actually went to Maryland, I violated my probation in Virginia. And so part of the whole deal was when I went back for this motion of reconsideration, uh, when they sent me to this program, I had to go back to Virginia uh, and they okayed it. And so it was through, those, through a series of events that sent me to this program in North Carolina for two years versus, you know, finishing, you know, the, the three and a half years, three plus years I had there plus the three years I had. In um, Virginia, so the program, you know, kind of you know, got me going on another path. Uh, and did you,
0: when you were you writing, or were you? I saw the reference to Invisible Man. Were you also reading as well? Because I, I saw some references in two eight nine one two eight that.
1: Oh yeah, so that's another thing with the book. Um, I think the book, uh, um, Ralph Ellison is a huge influence of the uh, Invisible Man. Um, the book. Um, it was a huge influence on my writing, and anyway, I was I thought about things, um, and so I definitely want to convey that in the book. But also, there are a lot of literary terms and books and things I make mention to. Like, there's a section called Roxbury Book Club, and I talk about uh, Mitchell Jackson's Survival Math. I talk about Miguel Pinero's, the New Yerecan, uh, poet, um poet, play Short Eyes, and uh, I talk about Robert Hayden. He has a poem about prison. So there's a, you know, so that becomes a theme through to, through the book, not pronounced, but it's almost subtle in that, you know, this this whole idea of books and language, you know, seeping through the poems. So yeah. Yep. So when did,
0: How long have you been out? Like you're at the University of New Haven. How long have you been
1: unincarcerated? <laughs> well, I got out in. 2002, I went and I got my, yeah, so since 2002. 2002,
0: so, I, so you got your MFA, and uh, now you're kind of in the NYC,
1: and this is kind of, well, a, well, yeah, well, I got, I, mean, I got a PhD from um, SUNY Albany, too, and so I left the MFA experience, and then I got, uh, went, I spent three years in Albany, um, got a PhD there, and then I got a um, tenure track job the University of New Haven. And yeah, so I was in New Haven. Um, I mean, New York. Uh, I just moved to Jersey. <laughs> I got, we got married. Um, that's my oh, bio really? update. I moved a couple of years ago um, from Harlem. We're um, right over the bridge now. Um, yeah. So
0: what does this, like your literary, are you finding that a uh, a respite from your former life? Like this is kind of a safe, secure this literary career and aspirations are a safe,
1: secure environment for you now? I do. I mean, in terms of it's not only that, I think it gives me a whole new perspective of what it means to be a human being. I think it gives me a whole new um, way of looking at the world and thinking about a moral compass. That's to me, I think that was the most important thing. Is like, how do I change the things that I that I was doing? I think, you know, poetry and language and writing and, 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 and literature and, and talking about those things and writing about those things and being a part of that community, who are a, who's able to sort of, you know, be in that conversation. I think it's hum you know, it's you know, it's definitely something. Um, that I feel good about um, versus my former life you know there's nothing but the memories of there's not you know the, all the memories in tragically you know um and so for me um it gives me another way of the way of moving through the world um so I put you know in, you know the things I like to do at the forefront and I think everything else takes care of itself. Um, versus the other way around, um, when I was in that other, you know, life and world, other lifestyle. Do you feel like
0: that? Uh, it, it's all of this kind of reflection, kind of changes the way you were. I mean, before you got into the um, kind of incarceration, like you developed into a different person through literature, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, no,
0: yeah, no question. <clears throat> and so, what uh, what are your kind of? You've written this book. You've written these other three books. Are all of your kind of literary works reflective of your incarceration?
1: Believe it or not, no, this is actually, well, the my, uh, first time I've done a, a full collection of poems about incarceration, uh, my first um, book, The Definition of Place uh, by Main Street Rag was a persona, it was a persona, historical look at Alabama from like 1912 to 1970 and, my, my 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 second book, The Lingua Franca of Ninth Street, looked at pre-incarceration, maybe a small us one section was about incarceration, but the rest of it wasn't. Um and so I wrote the memoir was the first time I addressed, you know, fully addressed, you know, like that situation, right? Um and then um after that experience with the memoir, I began to um get these fellowships that was um, you know, asking for like you know creative you know creative works you know that talk to you know addresses or uh, critique the criminal justice system you know in creative ways and so I served as a um, poet in residence at this um, uh, organization called Civil Rights Corps. They do a bunch of uh, bail reforms uh, nationally, and they challenge they do litigation and challenge legal systems that you know that are uh, inequitable. Um, and it was a hum- it was an interesting experience, and that got me to sort of writing this book actually, to sort of um, you know I would go down to Washington and spend some time uh, with them uh, as they were doing cases, and uh, they would keep me in the loop, and I would be part of their process, um, and that got me to thinking about t- talking about this book in a in a more in a in a more fuller way, um, and just say uh, you know really getting into it. This is the first time I've been looking into this was with, you know, in terms of poems, even with the memoir, it's the whole life before that. It, I talk about what led me to incarceration and incarceration and after, but this one, you know, it's kind of a little bit more intense, you know, I think. Um, so uh, it was definitely an interesting experience.
0: And what's your opinion of the American criminal justice
1: system after having going, gone through that? Well, I think there's definitely, room for a whole lot of reform um i've you know i was able to experience some things that I've, you know that i definitely knew wasn't right um but that were occurring you know uh and i talk about these in this new in the new memoir i have coming out in february uh dead weight um dead but also i do talk about the flip side of it there was some you know instances of humanity from guards and things like that who you know, sort of like then go, with this, you know, the stereotypical image of which you might think, um, and so there's always that. So I wanted to, you know, bring talk about that, but um, it left me with a, you know, interesting taste because you know it was a lot of things that I just didn't see that were right, and I thought I wanted to question those things. Um, and so, for me, um, it's um, it's a way. You know, language becomes a way of, and and, and, and the things that I began to write about, or what I'm writing about, excuse me, becomes a way in which I can address those things. I guess, you know, even after, you know, spending what, eight, almost close to 20 something years after incarceration, I think I'm really, you know, ready to like talk about these things in a meaningful way, you know, Um, and process what it all meant and what I all saw, um, you know. So I think, you know, and that's what motivates me to sort of try to do some of the things I do on the inside and working with different populations when I go to different prisons and juvenile detention centers. Um, I'm definitely thinking about you know those that I left behind who probably who are never going to get out. You know, I left some people behind that I know they're never going to get out of you know that situation. Um Yeah, you were fortunate. Yeah, and I and I. Saw a lot of situations where you know if it hadn't been you know through better programming and rehabilitation sources, things might have turned out a little better. Once one had you know people you know had left, because you know it becomes a revolving door too. That's interesting how you see you know people that leave and then they come back.
0: The recidivism,
1: yeah, high recidivism rates. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know, I've you know like father and son in the same unit, like You know, it's you know it's like. You know, no, no, no generation left
0: behind. Sometimes, so, and you uh, do reflect that in your poems because one of the poems I read, you know, it shows like what's going on in the system. I've just got railroaded. This is a rubber stamp. Like, and I had, a, I did an interview with another guy whose name I can't remember, but mm-hmm. that was he was talking about prison reform and how you really just get put through kind of a quick system rubber stamp. The prosecutor tends to takes yeah. ten seconds. You do a yeah. negotiation mm-hmm. on time. And you just get it, do, you know, no trial and they just process people.
1: Yeah. If it hadn't been for, like I say in in Montgomery County, that program uh, and and a lady named Bonnie Boswell and Pat Parker, I don't think I'm here today. Um, It was just this by stroke of luck, this one program that had just been started. And these people, um, Bonnie Boswell, she... um, she had a, a good relationship with the court system and, and um, Pat Parker ran the program. And so when I left that program, she was, he brought me into her office and she was like, please promise me you would never stop writing. And, you know, and I, cause I, you know, I would write these essays and things like that. She would always encourage me to write, And she was like, I really like your writing. I think you're talented. And I'm like, no one had ever told me that before. Um, and and so, you know, when I left going to prison, the other lady who ran the pro, you know, ran that program, she was like, you know, do your time, and we're going to work on trying to get you back before the judge, right? Um, who gave you your time? And so I went and spent my time there, and then they they, they put in a motion, and after I spent, you know, almost was it, a year and a half to almost there, they brought me back, and um, they were able to get get me sent to a program that allowed me to you know on this path you know to go. To, it, it allowed me to go to school um it allowed me to you know work and save some money and um it was you know it was an interesting experience uh, but it prepared me to go when i got, got back to washington to, to go to school right. to really know what i am wanted to do i was focused um you know all that
0: man yeah. what
1: was the what was the name of the two-year program that you went into out of jail it was a TROZA, triangle residential options for substance abusers, um, and so it was
0: year. like an alternate, alternate than a jail. So it actually did work. Yeah, it was alternative
1: incarcer- it's alternative to incarceration. Right. Every, most everybody there was cool, you know, was court ordered, and so you know, you 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 know, it was a pretty interesting program. They got a little tough sometimes, but you had your freedom and you wasn't incarcerated. And then there was the end goal to help you get back on your feet. And um, and in th- this program, um, you know, did a lot of that. I was able to work in the sort of the, I was a dispatcher. I worked in the moving department. I was sending trucks all over the country to do move interstate moves and all kinds of stuff. We had contracts with um, the Tri-Research Triangle area, and so um, and so I did that for like um, a year, and then I was able to you know work work on my own in the city of Durham for another company and get paid and I was, I stayed in the townhouse and, you know, saved my money and, you know, and just, you know, when I went to school, I went to um, community college and got some college credit. And so that sort of, you know, put me in that mindset when I went back to Washington to stop step right back into school, finish my degree and um, try to figure out, you know, what this writing life was going to, you know, bring me. I didn't know. But all I knew was that you know um, I had been you know uh, you know a, you know a fire had been ignited by the, you know the possibility of being a writer and the possibility of what writing sort of you know make how it made me feel and you know how it was changing my life. So great. Well, maybe
0: what we can do now is <clears throat> do you want to choose some of your favorite poems, read them, and then uh, explain what they mean to you? Yeah, that sound all right.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I'll
0: do that. Okay, unless
1: you have, unless you want to
0: continue. No, talking.
1: no, I, I, no, that's, that's cool, that's cool. Okay. I'm just gonna, Because sometimes I think the ones that me, I'm, I'm gonna uh, probably read the ones that really, really have more of a personal um, Okay thing right. probably today, since we're talking, we, we have a sort of broader conversation, right?
0: Um, yeah. Tell me what the name of the poem is so I can follow along.
1: Right. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna read first rhetorical, perhaps, and then that's on page eleven, and then I'm gonna read the one right behind it, or um, this malice thing, never to be confused with justice. Which All right, comes sounds from good. And, 13, and we can talk about those, right? Okay, perfect. Two eight nine one two eight, property of the state. Rhetorical, perhaps. We do not experience movement, the sail, of setting, the chronic theme. We do not experience only exist in the frame behind the cell. We stand each step in place with the next deal. Standing, we do not move until told. This instant, we only have moments, mementos we lived in slow motion. A cinematic dream, I see you the good, while we evil doers rock like pomegranate once sweet, fresh, and vibrant. Rehabilitation is love letters to a ghost. Discourse in the day room, we look at the world on TV to see our false selves, inside a constructed frame until told, we enter as if we never left. 289-128, property of the state, or this malice thing never to be confused with justice. Nothing symbolic Okay, dark is dark, cage is cage, hunted and hunter are both in the literal, make belief in what-ifs do not exist, a lie, nothing cryptic here, okay, rape is rape, prey must pray. no minute in the future safe from quiet insertions of a shank and masking tape, okay, nothing here infinite. Only time is constant to the merciful and merciless. There are no allegories to hide behind. He slid his wrist, meaning he slid his fucking wrist. Okay. There is a cell with one window just before day. Dawn's early demise magnifies a dull metal toilet. The cool water cooling two canned sodas, each wall a slab of soft gray cinder block no posters featuring eroticized women with an exclusive and black tail okay the wall that slits the light does not reveal nothing new ever the expose the changing same always a holding one window offers a gateway my face pressed against the window in time rules this empire okay the mind held hostage by time mind and body conjoined twins the other wall holds the frame the frame holds a metal door to contain utter disbelief of the visible walls are gray not like summer but darker yes there's darkness okay
0: okay i like those yeah those are good you get that feeling of the monotony of being in jail
1: because yeah that's what really, that is. definitely totally um trying to recreate that mon- the, the um the uh, the monotony of the same thing over and over again um the sort of interesting dynamics of incarceration uh of what goes down and whatnot um like I said sometimes you know through poetic language you know you can create um a vivid picture of something and make it all beautiful. But sometimes, like you say, there are no allegories or there are no symbols and no images to hide behind. Sometimes you just have to say what it is, you know, um, in terms of the tragic.
0: Um it seems like you spend a lot of time in your mind in jail. Would you agree with that?
1: Oh yeah, no question. No yeah, question. Just, um yeah. I mean, you, you know, like the first one rhetorical is the the same existence and you so you you know um it's an interesting phenomenon to wake up and know the exact the exact things that you're going to do at the exact times and right. you know <laughs> what what time the, the rabbit is going to run around the yard you know i mean little thing or what time the cockroach is going to make an appearance in your cell like it becomes that intense so yeah no yeah i believe it what uh what
0: uh let's read some more do you have another couple poems you want to show yeah 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 okay. um let's
1: see let's see let's see <laughs> yeah, let's do it, let's do it. Hmm. yeah we're gonna read um when Your Silence Will Not Save You, I'll call them out. 289128, um, Poet in Residence, sale 23. When Your Silence Will Not Save You. In the aftermath, you remember the fist upside her head. Did you see? Saying no almost instinctively, you say no again. You remember no audio with the beating to follow in the alley. You remember clearly not thinking the woman got beat on from the other side of the street. Imagine you witness her walker of the night. Illusion to fantasy built up in your head, the afterscreen. In the alley she could be dead. You thought no one would remember the fringe frame each night whispering in cell twenty-three at night. You could have saved me. Two eight nine one two eight. Poet in Residence Cell 23. Beauty before the beauty, or how could you forget? On page 53. Gotcha. Locate the nearest overlooked neighborhood. Extract all humans restrained underneath life's boot heel replaced with millennial's colouring post-colonial guilt, but not. Ignore the woman's cardboard help sign, tattered, stained, and broken like her. Imagine being long ago unseen, erased in between the throng, existing as non-entity. Acts to if gone be instrument, what chord whizzed amid crestfallen shadows lingering in limbo a decade. Go from A to Z, distant the dead. Too many to name. But try, swan, bird, fellow, Delante. No deader now than the moment of collision. Cold steel and shots fired. Death, what did we know of dying? Don't forget a love strangling addict caught in a docetic whirlwind with no blue sail. Before the corner becomes distorted, remember. One more time inhale memory deep to include the bad and terrible beauty just beneath the living. I like that one, that's good. 289128, poet in New York. Remember, page 57. Do not turn from the difficult thesis Think back to the slim praying man in cell 15 with needles stuck in vain. Religion or dope can stop time. Remember 72 in the unit built for 30, that never-ending revolving door, or the overcrowded choir singing, "I am the wretched of the earth," typed on Smith Corona at night. How cell 23 demanded rabble art. What about the couple in cell 22, lifeless who found love doing a bed? Father and son in cell is on the top tier. No generation would be left behind. Too many bodies lingering in limbo. The worn out illusion of truth see. Memorializes faces you will forget. Victim turned perpetrator in cell six. Sold at age eight for a bag of meth nothing is black and white we stop there yeah those are good so yeah, you definitely
0: get that kind of uh impression of all the things that you're seeing there in jail and the uh there's a yeah. lot of
1: injustice there yeah yeah i mean that last one um is sort of a rolodex of images um that you can that sort of like sum it all up even when you you know you become the returning city to citizen into society um you know the things that you witness and they you know a lot a lot of it is allowed is the way they uh, the, the system has allowed these societies within societies to sort of like you know um develop but also like i say it's all it's complicated each 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 case is each person is so it's complicated as to why they're there what happened to them you know, it's it's just, it's never, it's never no one thing to sort of, you can just put on like, you know, and lump into one single thing and say, this is everybody. No, right. it's not. It's so complicated. It's, it's unreal. Um, yeah. And so even the experience though, what I'm saying is, is that, you know, even the, you know, the experience afterwards, you know, becomes a sort of like, you know, trauma within itself, how do you deal with that? Um, right. Because sometimes you can be in situations where, um, you know, you have to worry about, you know, it's, you, instead of rehabilitation, you're worried about, am I going to survive the day? And the two things shouldn't have to work simultaneously side by side.
0: Yeah, I mean, and it's, it is odd, like you see, I think in, in your poems, it's also kind of like, you're not learning anything, you're not you're kind of in limbo, right? You're not kind of yeah. getting ready for that next step. And I think that's a common yeah. element
1: of yeah. people. Right. right, and so that's one, and that's when you asked me, what did I take? That's the one single thing that sort of like, that motivates me to sort of, you know, lately uh, in the progression of what I've been doing is sort of um, how can I, you know, give back in that way and do some things. So I'm working on a couple of things uh, project-wise to sort of um create these programs in different prisons in a few states um, where they can do um music and sound recording um, instruments um, writing workshops so um to create that extra layer of, of, of you know humanity you know in a situation um, to give people hope um, right. I, I, I did a i did a i did a work I was part of a workshop experience um, in Saratoga at Mount McGregor uh, Prison a, a few years ago. When I after I, was, I got my PhD, um, a woman by the name of Kara Benson was running it, and she invited me there. And um, it began. It began. She did. She had a workshop with like maybe probably like ten or twelve guys, um, and I and I, would, I, I I did a I did a reading inside their prison chapel on their poetry night. And they invited me to come be a part of their group. And so I would come and do them, you know, the workshops and um, I did it off and on for like three years, um, maybe four, um, they became really close. Um, and, you know, and, and all of those guys who've gotten out um, are really living interesting lives and they're doing good things with themselves. And I think, you know, just being in that situation, they're not necessarily writers, right? They just yeah, they just threw themselves in the creative process and you know, wrote poems and created works and but it um,
0: creates kind of a bonding experience also like something that's po- much more positive maybe than you know yeah doing you know, before so yeah. you can talk and relate and uh, exactly figure out something to do constructive
1: to move forward yeah
0: and to a man and
1: to a person you know all of them doing are, are doing wonderful things we so, mm-hmm. had a reunion right before COVID. Uh, They invited me over to Long Island, Um, and um, yeah, it was just special to see see that. So you know, they always ask him, you know, can poetry change you, or you know, what's the value in you know a poem? You know, you know, I give, you know, I I think about those things. Right,
0: there's a lot of value because you can get those that imagery and that sensibility you probably may not get from standard essay or uh, literary kind of involvement. So where is the best place to get this book, Poems two eight
1: nine one two eight? Well, the best place, I'm going to, you know, give a shout out to my published University of Kentucky Press. So you can go on their website um, and just type in, you know, University of Kentucky Press two eight nine one two eight. and you can pull it up. But you can also go uh, on my website uh, if you want a signed copy, uh, roundahorton.com and um you can order either a hardback or a softback and um you can get a signed copy you know
0: right. it's com. Correct. there you go exactly yeah
1: and oh sorry
0: no Were you gonna
1: say something no you can get you can also get my my, my memoir there as well was, tell and me again what, can, yeah so you can get, get most of my stuff there.
0: So. tell me the title of your memoir again please the new one? Yeah, the one that's coming out in February, February 2020. It's uh, Dead weight memoir and linked essays. Yeah. So it's a is it an add-on to the old
1: one, hook memoir? Um it fills in a few holes. Uh it just comes at it a different way. Um, like I say, that one hook a memoir is the more interactive because you have a third, you have another voice, um, you know, and my memoir becomes like you're reading it through someone else's eyes so it's an it's a different experience and this one is more of um you know there another kind of look at um you know my life through different angles um though the, the first the first section is is a is a it's a long meditation is, is a long meditation actually with the invisible man statue in new york on riverside uh 150th one i think it's 150th one, one in riverside yeah um, and so I, I'm, so I, i talked to this imagine to, i talked it's not imagined, i talked to this real st- statue and, you know, in this sort of imaginary conversation, um, about my life growing up in Alabama, about the choices I made. Um, and sort of trying to relate that whole idea in El- Ellison's novel about, um, you know, being the, the protagonist in someone else's, you know, you know, thing, right? Um, so. Um, but it looks at a few things um, in Alabama, and it, it looks at my, my involvement in drugs, the drug culture, and incarceration, um, and you know, life after incarceration as well. And you know, having things so I talk about the you know sort of the perception versus reality in terms of you know how we view you know those who come from the you know being you know the prison experience, right? right. right. Um And even how we even talk about those on the inside in terms of the language we give them in terms of convict and inmate and things right. like that and felon and Blades. so yeah so it's so these these sort of stereotypical monikers that sort of stable one long after the release um and you know along with the roadblocks so um yeah
0: so people want randall if people want to reach out to you the best place to go is your website randallhorton.com is that correct yes Okay, so yeah. if somebody wants Yeah, to
1: you, can, re- you can reach out to me. My publisher's there. Um, if you need to holler at me like that, you can reach out to her. Cool. To. Yeah. And again, the uh, the new book will be Deadweight,
0: out February 2022. And this book is number 289 128, published September 2020 by Dr. Randall Gavin Horton. Randall, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for sharing those poems too.
1: Thank you, William. Thank you for having me on William Ramsey Investigation. My pleasure. I All right, stay there. Stay there. Okay, cool.